Hello and welcome back to the Simplicity of Happiness podcast. Today again from Kizim Kazi in Zanzibar with episode number 55. As always, I am Florian Hornig and you still might call me Flo. What do you think about when you hear Mikumi? For me, it could be, well, some city in, in Japan. But no, it's not. It's a national park. It's the same national park that we uh, drove through on the beginning of our journey. And now we left the national park Roha, three-legged, so to say. <laughs> no, we had all the four, four wheels on the car again, but... Um, We uh, went, as they say here, pole pole, so slowly, slowly, and uh, just hoped to make it all the way back to Dar es Salaam, which led to a much slower journey than on our way there. On the one hand, we already knew the way. On the other hand, we we just wanted to go so much slower so we don't lose that wheel again. And um, we had to go through that national park Mikumi again much, much smaller than uh, the um, huge national park of uh, of Roha, which was it 20,000 square kilometers. It's still unbelievable how huge that park actually is. Still, Mikumi has a, a road of 50 kilometers, about 30 miles that you can just take you don't have to pay anything you're just inside the park and it was amazing to see how many elephants you just see on the right and on the left while driving a car on a normal national road and that left me on the one hand very amazed about the beauty, about the possibilities that there are areas where animals can just be. And on the other hand, quite sad. Sad because I was wondering why why we can't have parks as, as big as and as beautiful in in Europe. Sad because we we killed or at least we didn't do anything against the killing of 60% of the whole elephant population in the last five years alone in Tanzania and even much more in other countries like 80% in Mozambique. And sad because that landscape that we saw there and the the animals that we could see on the left and on the right of the street just used to be everywhere before we decided as as the human race to get rid of them and, and kill them and now I think that there should be many more 
protected zones in Africa be before we kill all of these huge mammals. And this made me think about whose fault it actually is when they get killed. And if those people who have them around should protect them or maybe maybe us, maybe everybody around. Because those who live next to a lion, they might get killed by the lion. For us it's quite easy because we just go there, sit in the, sit in the car, make some pictures and then we go back home to our cities or countries where we where we killed all of the the huge mammals and somehow we exported our adventure wildlife to the third world we got rid of it and now we make vacation and we want them to protect us and on the same hand we very often don't want to pay any any huge prices for the national parks try to get it as cheap as possible think why sh why does it have to cost 100 dollar per day the animals just live on their own and then we still buy some of these products made from these animals and this is in my opinion quite similar to what we do with our well, whole industrial production. If you look at a country like Germany, there was some political agreement on deciding to reduce our CO2 emissions below to below the level of 90, 1990. And Germany did a tremendous job. They were one of the very few countries who actually managed to do that. And if you look at the export numbers or import numbers, it's quite easy why they did this. Because most of the major production plants, they went to China. So the CO2 emissions are now in China, where stuff is produced that people in Germany consume later on. And if you take into account these products like computers, iPhones, maybe cars, all the technical stuff that may be produced somewhere else. If you take the CO2 emissions into account, then I think the German CO2 emission from 1990 to today tripled. The same happened with most of the major cities. If you look at the, 19, the 20th century, so in the 1900s, um, cities like, like New York, for example, they had a huge problem with toxic gases with emissions and now the per capita production of of uh, toxic gases and uh, CO2 emissions are the lowest in the cities but if you see what they did is they moved all of the production plants out of the city in Berlin, for example, there's not a single manufacturing company. They all went to the suburbs, which is a different state, the state of Brandenburg. So all these gases, they are produced there and all the rubbish is produced there. So it looks like living in a city is very clean. It looks like living in a country like Germany is very clean. But what you have to focus on is the stuff that you produce 
where is it produced and how is it produced. So once again, I, I am recording this today to just give you another perspective on the true power that you have being a consumer. You can take the decision what you buy. And maybe from today on you, on the one hand, you check for where is it produced and how is it produced over there. Because it still is your responsibility if you destroy the natural beauty somewhere else with your consumerism. And then you might think about funding some of these projects and countries where people are not as rich as we are at the moment and they could need any any dollar, any euro on their development path so that they, they don't need to slaughter their beauty but manage a way to live together with them. And maybe we might be able to learn from them in a second pass. So for today, check what you're buying. But principle, beautiful, useful, durable. And maybe you fund one or the other protection in the world. I hope to have you back here tomorrow and until then, 